is the year. This is the year of getting it together and doing what you do best. Hustling, taking care of business, and taking care of your community. Join us for JMT Media's podcast, where we interview everyone from the community to small businesses to elected officials who are changing policy that matters for our community. Hey y'all, welcome to another special edition of Community Corner. I'm your host, Jacqueline Sacarante from JMT Media. Today is Wednesday, May 13th, and y'all, so many exciting announcements, so many things, so many cool things happening um, here at JMT Media offices. So we started coming back into the office about a week ago, aka when I say we, aka boss lady, aka CEO, um, rest of the staff, we're keeping them working remotely just until some of these pause and provisions are lifted um, for safety. So you may see my beautiful Romano Pepper in the background with his Legos because, you know, he thinks that I'm Lucy, which is great. Um, so anyhow, today we have two very special guests. Um, the first is actually has become a dear friend. Um, one of my very good friends, Jennifer Ludgate, said, you know, Jacqueline, would you like to come with me? And Oswaldo Pena. Oswaldo Pena also said, would you like to be our guest at a fundraiser for this new place called Emma's Place? I was like, I have no idea what that is, but if you're helping children, I'm down. I'm down. Count me in. Sign me up. Um, so we actually have the owner and director, uh, Karen Goldman. She is an LMHC. She's going to talk about all these abbreviations. Uh, LMHC. BCPC. She's a bereavement and psychotherapist and the founder and executive director of Emma's Place, um, which is the official Staten Island Grief and Law Center for Children and Families. Karen, are you there? Yes. Yes. Oh. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to the folks at home, can you talk a little bit about your role and who you are? Because you are what I call a, a quiet powerhouse. Um, in case many of you don't know, the running thread on Community Corners, we like to empower women um, and men that support women. So we'll get, to, we'll get to that in a minute. But can you let folks know about what you do and all that good stuff? Sure, sure. Um, well, uh, I'm Karen Goldman. I'm the executive director and founder of Emma's Place, Staten Island Grief and Loss Center for Children and Families. Uh, we are the sole uh, grief and loss counseling center and educational provider for the community. Um, we go into schools, we counsel children. Um, we are now doing virtual groups uh, for children, for families, for parents, for caregivers, for first responders. Um, so, and Emmons Place came to be uh, because as a psychotherapist, I was seeing a little girl named Emma. She was five years old and her parents were both killed. And her grandmother took over and and her aunt and called me um, during this time about 12 years ago. And um, so I started to counsel Emma and we grew a beautiful bond together and she really started remembering what had happened and um, became very clear about things. And so I helped the family. And then I knew I just wanted to um, 
make this bigger and better for the community and have a center where children and families could come to without any judgment and get some uh, wonderful counseling from our clinicians who have all gone through grief themselves. Um, and so I asked grandma if I could name the grief center after Emma and that's how it was born. And they've been, uh, yeah, they've now, been. Let's talk about this because um, I was asked to attend the grand opening and I'm gonna show a few photos here. Um, I, first off, Let's talk about where the place is at because it's just one of the most beautiful places on Staten Island. Thank you. It's uh, we're located in Snug Harbor, um, 1000 Richmond Terrace, and we're in Cottage D. And we were able to uh, rent this, and with the wonderful help of Jenny Kelly and Eileen Fuchs. Thank you so much. We love it. We renovated it inside and it is our little castle. Um, and it's our safety space for children and families to come to, uh, to receive the counseling that they need. And we run bereavement groups and one-on-one -on -one counseling. Uh, it is a beautiful, calm, safe place um, where, you know, there's no judgment um, and we can really educate people on grief and loss and um, hold our bereavement groups there as well. Now you guys also do art therapy, correct? We do, we do. And that was Emma when she was six. That's Emma. That's Emma in the middle, yeah, yeah. Or looking at a celebrity, I'm like, that's the girl, okay. So those are two of my amazing art therapists and um, the one closest to us, she, Stacy Cohen, she really is so creative and she writes a lot of our articles and uh, talks about the art therapy that works with children because as children um, meet together and start to bond and keep their fingers busy and work with clay or drawing, uh, it really helps them kind of come out and talk about their losses. And right now with COVID-19, we have even more losses. Um, so we're, we're trying to do as much as we can virtually. Um, now, you guys are, are officially a 501c3, so y'all rely heavily on donations, yeah. um, the kindness of the, you know, neighbors and community members' hearts. Can you talk a little bit about, um, I know that y'all did a fundraiser, a virtual fundraiser. Um, can you talk about, a little bit about that, like the therapists that are there and the things that you're going to need so the folks back home, they know exactly what you need and how they can help? Sure, sure. So we have all trained counselors in grief therapy, and um, we do run on donations primarily and in-kind donations. And um, we have been putting together creative videos for parents, um, helping them to help their children deal with the grief and losses that they have um, endure right now, especially during COVID-19. Um, and so my partner, Dr. Carolyn Tavener, uh, created a couple wonderful videos. They're up on the Borough President's uh, online newsletter and on our website. Yeah. And so um, because we have so many 
kids and families coming to us right now, we do have to raise funds um, so I can pay my counselors. And, um, you know, and so we can get that support for um, keeping us vital as a vital resource in the community. Um, it's mm -hmm. really needed right now. And other agencies are calling us to partner together, you know, so we can um, actually get out there online and help more people. Absolutely. Um, and when did you guys move into Snow Harbor? Because I believe you opened literally months before the COVID crisis hit, right? It, we opened in October. So Ooh. yeah, yeah. We got settled and with our painting and all, and we opened in October. And so it, it was quick, unfortunately. But okay. even though our doors are physically closed, we are running you know, every day, um, all we do is we take phone calls, we counsel telephonically as well as virtually. So all you have to do is call and we do a brief intake over the phone and oh, that's great. we're there to help. Oh, good. You know, we got a couple of questions coming in uh -huh. um, from some folks watching the show. So it says, Karen, are services free and how do we connect if we need services? That's a great question. Yeah, from Jennifer Ludkate. Thank you so much, Miss Jen. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, services are free. Uh, oh, children and families never have to pay for grief services. That should never be anything they have to pay for. They're going through enough loss and grief right now, you know. Um, and we connect by, again, calling uh, 347 eight five zero two three two two and we do a brief intake over the phone and um we go from there that's awesome and what's the age group for for students or for for young adults so um we have even ages five to 19 basically wow. okay and, um, we right now have a children's group and a tweens group um, that goes up to ages 14. So, um, okay. how are they, just out of curiosity, how are they dealing with everything um, with therapy sessions remotely? Like, are y'all seeing uh, an uptick in, in kids calling or parents calling to ask for services? Like, yeah. how are they working out? I think that because of, you know, the pandemic right now, kids are so confused. Parents are confused mm -hmm. and they don't know what to tell their kids because they're the kids just want to go and play with their friends and go to school and see yeah. all their teachers. And so this is very, very different for them. And it's a loss of routine and a loss really of, you know, that companionship every day that they have with school and their, and their friends. So, um, we try to do art therapy and some activities online with them. Oh, that's and, great. Uh, last night, uh, Dr. Taverner had a great activity um, where um, the kids wrote on strips of paper and then looped them together in a chain of the things that they missed and then asked them to hang it up and have their um, family do the same. And it ended up, it wasn't just the things that they had missed, but it's the things that they're grateful for. Aww. So, right. You know, it's... Um because when the coronavirus hit, I, I had just had my daughter. So I 
stayed inside. When I say stayed inside, like I didn't even go in my backyard. I didn't check my mail for about seven, seven and a half weeks. Because I, I was breastfeeding, I was nervous. Sure. And um, I had someone, a friend, drop off like extra masks and whatnot. And I see this friend and I started to cry just because I missed holding someone like a, hug, I'm a hugger. I'm from Texas. We're huggers, we're kissers. Right. So I was like, I got to hug myself. <laughs> so right. it is so hard for us too, as yeah. Uh, the clinicians well, that can't reach out physically and hug our kids too and our families, they need it. So well, I love that that art Yeah, I love that whole putting the strips of what you're grateful for. Um, we got another couple of comments coming through. Um, do you from Laura? Thank you so much, Laura, for watching. Do you treat first responders and adults? Absolutely. Um, we have a wonderful clinician. Mary Beth, who does one-on-one -on -one counseling with adults. And um, we do have caregivers, caregivers groups and first responders groups. Um, and, you know, people just have to reach out and call and we will start a new group if possible. You know, we have many clinicians that are really well-trained in grief and loss and they're on the phones every day. And yes, all That's people awesome. have to wall and reach out. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, we have one last comment from the incredible five-time Emmy three Peabody winner, Ms. Dolores Morris. Uh, she says, hi, Karen, my neighbor. Hi, Dolores. Don't How are you? She, <laughs> Thank she you. was our, yes. our co-host last week and oh she's just an incredible spirit. Like every time I'm around here, I'm just like, can I be cool like you? Like you're just so awesome. So, um, Speaking of awesome, Karen, I'm going to put you in the digital green room. I think what you're doing is phenomenal work. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, when we talk about the front lines, last week we hosted a show about Staten Island superheroes, and you certainly are a part of that because there's a lot of things mentally, physically, behind closed doors that people um, aren't having a, a moment to reflect on because everybody's just living in the day to day to day. Right. Uh, so I appreciate you helping out the community. And I love that it's Snug Harbor. It's literally right outside the gates of my house. So um, I will make sure later today I'm supposed to go walking. So I'll make sure that I stop by, take a little selfie and post it out. So I'm going to put you in the digital green room for two seconds. Okay. I'm going to bring you back. But hold on one second. Okay. All right, y'all. I mean, look, Karen, she's amazing. Her entire team, the therapist. We're going to make sure that when we do our recap that we put all of the information so you can call. And again, services are for free. So speaking of free, um, our next guest, you know, he is a cool man, a cool cat. Um, he is Jeff Benjamin. He's the board chair for the Staten Island Running Association. And uh, we have a lot to talk about. But one of my favorite things is that they host a dinner for children. And we'll talk about that in a second. So let me just make sure that you're there. Hey, Jeff, are you there, my dear? Thank you for having me, Jacqueline. Of Very course. Of course. Of course. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Wednesday. Um, can you give the folks back home a little bit of history about who you are and the Staten Island Running Association? Sure. Um, I've been living on the island for almost five decades. Um, I got into running in 1981 as a student at Susan Wagner, uh, with one of my great teammates who gives a lot to the community, Vinnie Giles. Uh, we won a city championship at Susan Wagner in cross country. And um, I ran for the College of Staten Island. Uh, 
and never really gave it up. It's like a habit that uh, is part of my everyday life. And, and I think I can attest for a lot of people who love to run and love to train that it's an important staple in what they do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now let's, um, I want to share some photos because sure. you've been doing a lot of stuff in the community. Um, so let me post up some photos here. So who's this gentleman here? Sure. Uh, the gentleman with me is uh, the great legendary runner, Bill Rogers, um, a four-time winner of the New York City Marathon, a four-time winner of the Boston Marathon. And if you ever want to Google Bill Rogers, it's R-O-D-G-E-R-S. You'll learn that he was a high school runner who got into college, you know, ran a little bit. He was more into the party scene, got out of college. He was actually smoking two packs a day. And when he was like 22 years old, he realized he missed running. <laughs> running is not a sport that, uh, unlike the big sports where you make a lot of money. And Bill pursued it because he loved it. And in a trial by error kind of training where um, he was unemployed, uh, he was almost on the almost borderline homeless at one point. Oh, no. He kept on running. He had the support of friends, family, and his wife. And he shows up at the Boston Marathon in 1975 and out of the blue, breaks the American record and becomes uh, internationally known. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Well, because I knew I was going to interview today and I'm going to walk later. I do have my Nikes on. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm ready, y'all. I'm ready. Um, I want to show this photo because this is what I was referencing. Um, talk a little bit about this photo here. Sure. Well, first I want to go on the record to let you know that everybody in that photo was a kid. Okay. <laughs> I those three people in the front look like they're kids too. Uh, every year we have a marathon running legends dinner at the Staten, which raises money for the Staten Island Running Association, of which you know I'm part of with Michael Schnall, Michael DeVito, and Steve Zimmerman, who's the gentleman there on the right. Um, to inc we have it around the weekend of the New York City Marathon. Okay. Not only do the current superstars of the elite level show up, but a lot of the legendary people show up from way back when, not even marathoners, just people who are Olympic champions in the mile up to uh, up to the marathon. So uh, one thing about the running world is, is that you have the opportunity to become really good friends and associations with the legendary people in our sport. Uh, their doors are always open. It's probably very difficult for somebody in baseball to become pals with Derek Jeter. Mm -hmm. But in our world, we, we associate with them. We have clinics with them. We brought them here for events. And so last year, uh, we decided for our dinner that as a fundraiser, um, we reached out to some sponsors on Staten Island to see if they would sponsor having youth children at the event. Uh, this is a great opportunity because the gentleman in the middle, who's one of our great ambassadors, is Eamon Coughlin of Ireland, a world champion, two-time Olympian, and the first human being to break three minutes and 50 seconds for the miles on an indoor track. And... In Ireland and in the track and field world, he is like Michael Jordan, uh, very famous. So to have the kids there to see him and, you know, so-called uh, rub elbows with him, so to speak, I mean, we feel, you know, this could maybe guide them to uh, expand their horizons as well. And if you look behind the photo on the far left, there's like a bit of a TV screen. Yeah, yeah. What it was is that for our guests that night, we played video of their racing achievements from all those years ago. So the okay. kids saw it. You just don't see some, oh, who's this guy? You know, they <laughs> freak out. And the gentleman on the left, by the way, is uh, one of Staten Island's uh, former great podiatrists. He's retired now, Joe Weisenfeld. Nice, nice. Okay. You know, it's um, 
it's interesting because when I moved to New York probably about 13, 14 years ago, and my first 5K I ever did was at the Bronx Zoo. Wow. Run for the Wilds, my first 5K. And I was so nervous. I trained. I laugh at it now because I'm like, you don't really need to train. But I trained for a whole month just so I didn't pass out and die um, at the 5K. And I, it was so exhilarating. And I loved it. And then the Pride Center of Staten Island, they started doing their, um, they do a whole week of Pride events. And they did a 5K run walk at Snug Harbor. Right, right. And, and so Michael DeVito was there, I remember. And last year, it was pouring rain. But <laughs> I've been there before where you're putting your blood, sweat, and tears into an event, and it's pouring rain. So I dragged myself out of bed, and I remember my husband telling me, you're going to run for a 5k in the rain. And I said, yes, I'm running for the pride center. Like the goal is, you know, they got up early, so I need to get up early too. And, <laughs> and I, it was so, I mean, I literally had eye of the tiger in my ear. Dun, 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 like <laughs> it was awesome. So talk about, this is the new thing, um, the Memorial Run that you guys, uh, Memorial Day virtual run, the 5K. Let's talk about that because you still have time to sign up, which I'm really excited about. Um, can you talk a little bit about what's going on there and what's happening? Sure. Absolutely. i give you some background as well. Um, in, in 1981, the Staten Island Advance uh, put together the Staten Island Advance Memorial Day run in that those were the boom years yep. where a lot of people showed up to races of all abilities. And the race was run through the streets of Newark. And the first year they had 2,000 runners. Ooh. The following year they had 3,000 runners. And it was a mainstay in the Newark neighborhood for many years. Then they moved the race course to uh, Susan Wagner, Tottenville, and then uh, Father Capadano, uh, where you finished on the boardwalk. Um, last year, uh, the Staten Island Running Association uh, took up the mantle of the Memorial Day run and um, we made it very low key last year because we did it very spur of the moment. Our committee of Steve Zimmerman, Mike DeVito, uh, Mike Schnall, and I, you know, we had to put it together very last minute. And we were hoping maybe we'd get 100 people. So we had a very low key event at Clove Lakes Park. I think we charged a $10 entry fee at that time. It was a flag to all finishes. And lo and behold, 300 people showed up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a. So you needed extra bibs. That's yeah, yeah well, a logistical um, positive uh, challenge, as I like to say. So um, we were going to go full speed ahead this year. And unfortunately, with um, the coronavirus going on, um, all events obviously are canceled, as we all know. Sure. So I write a monthly column for the Staten Island Advance, also called Staten Island on the Run. And last August, I wrote about something called the virtual runs. A virtual run is going to sound very ridiculous to people from the old century like me. Okay. And here's the deal. The virtual runs have been around now for about seven or eight years. Okay. Um, let's say Jacqueline wants to run the New York City Marathon. Let's say Jacqueline did not get accepted. Let's back up on that. Can't do a whole marathon. Well, you never know. You never know, right? But, but let's say, you know, it's a lottery system. I think for every uh, three applicants, two are turned away because of uh, supply and demand. Let's say Jacqueline doesn't get in for that reason. Jacqueline will be offered the option of doing the New York Marathon virtual run. Oh. Here's the deal. You will send in an entry fee. They will send you in the mail a shirt, medal, and bib number that says New York City Marathon Virtual Run. They expect you, and I use that word very loosely, they expect you in the day of the marathon or the days before, days after, for you to complete the marathon distance, maybe submit it with an app, 
and be listed as a finisher. Ooh. Okay. These things have taken off tremendously, like I said, over the past six or seven years. There's one guy who put up an event a few years ago, put, it's tax time, I need money, 5K. <laughs> 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 and he yeah. got 3,000 runners who paid 30 bucks and you get mailed a shirt, a medal and a bib number. And when I wrote the article last, um, last August, one of the great founders of the New York City Marathon, Fred LeBeau, who passed away many, many years ago, who uh, moved the marathon into the five boroughs, the, the great event that it is today. I wrote the article saying if Fred LeBeau was alive today, I think he'd probably wonder, like, what the heck is this? And as did I. But supply and demand, as I like to say, people especially from what we know, younger people who want to sign up. So when we had our meeting in January and we had a parks permit and then obviously, you know, it was denied, yeah. uh, Mike Wall and I with Mike DeVito said, why don't we do it virtual? So basically the deal is you send in an entry fee. There's a $10, uh, 25 and 35, 35, by the way, you get the shirt, a special medal sponsored by the silver foundation yeah. and, um, and a bid number. And, uh, we expect you in that three-day, four-day window to run 5K, walk 5K, 3.1 miles. Some people do this in their treadmill. Some people walk it in their house. Some people jump around in the background of their house, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> fun, which is great. Um, and uh, like I said, but most importantly, our organization, which is nonprofit, we obviously need a lot of help on Staten Island fighting the coronavirus. And our proceed recipients over there, Staten Island University Hospital, Richmond University Hospital, Meals on Wheels, Project Hospitality, the Volunteer Heart Ambulance, and Makerspace New York City, they're in desperate need of funding. Yeah. Um, one of our great pals, who's a great runner also, he's run, I think, 30 marathons, is Dr. Ted Strange from Staten Island University Hospital. And, you know, he said it the best. Ted said, you know what? You're staying in shape, which is increasing your odds of not getting this terrible thing. Yeah. Contributing to a great positive thing. And our nurses, medical people know on the front line that these groups that not only, you know, serve the community as hospitals, but also feed the homeless and are there, um, really need funding badly. And the proceeds we are raising are going to go to those organizations. But at the bottom of the uh, recipients is the Staten Island High School Track and Field Association. Mm -hmm. uh, we are the only borough out of the five boroughs where our high schools, public, Catholic, private, have a true championship race against each other. The other boroughs can't seem to get the public, private, Catholic schools together to determine who really is the borough champion, so to speak. So when we started the running association two years ago, um, one of our major recipients was the Staten Island High School Track and Field Association. And we're going to keep them there as well because with schools and everything and budgets, and you're hearing Nate de Blasio talk about the dire straits we might be in, we want to keep this league going. And the league was actually founded by uh, the late John Tobin and 90-year-old or 90-year-young Bill Welsh, the legendary yeah. who's uh, in one of your photos there with the great Bill Rogers. Yeah, I was about to say. Give me two seconds because I want to show this photo um, here. Give me one second. Oh, well, we can talk about that photo, that's too. Yeah. As I mentioned, uh, that's from our dinner last year where um, Staten Island Assemblyman Michael Cusick uh, presented the great Eamon Coughlin of Ireland with a proclamation acknowledging not, not only his great running achievements as a world champion, two-time Olympian world record holder, but Eamon has done a lot for children 
both in Dublin, where he lives, and in um, Staten Island, where he has actually become one of our great benefactors. And Damon, as I mentioned, is based in Ireland, but don't think for a second they're not hit with corona. Uh, His son, John, is a police officer on the streets, and he has to take precautions as well. So it doesn't matter whether you're some superstar or some retired legend. I think we're all in this. Absolutely. it unfortunately has to resonate with everybody, including our previous guest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a question that came through here, and maybe you can help answer this. Um, any idea when small local runs can resume with social distancing? Well, I, I get that question almost on a daily basis. Um, I was on a blog um, nationally uh, the other day, and somebody asked me the same question about track meets. And I am not somebody in authority. <laughs> So for Jennifer, uh, I would think that um, if you follow Governor Cuomo um, with these phased openings, I think we have to sit tight and, um, you know, just see what's what they are going to decide to do. I also have a feeling that, unfortunately, let's say um, we do open. I don't think it's going to be like a gigantic, massive gathering in one shot. I think people are very um, challenged uh, or concerned. That they, you know, maybe let's say a month down the line, things are in the clear. I still think people might be hesitant to go out and about with large amounts of people. And, you know, you can blame them with what is going on. Um, but, you know, I, I mentioned this to um, runners and walkers as well, especially those who love the local runs and like to compete and the high school kids or the youth kids. In a way, this is a great opportunity for you. Um, you are trying to stay motivated in one of the most difficult times ever faced. And when you get to that starting line, because that day will come again. And when you get to that starting line, whether you're somebody who's looking to win the race or you have a time goal, like you want to break 30 minutes for 5K, if you know you did all the work, that's going to be in the back of your mind as you are competing. And I think that nothing can stop you at that point. But unfortunately, patience must be a must be a virtue at this point. Absolutely. You know what we'll do, um, because we're going to close out, we're a little over the 30 minute mark, but I'll make sure that um, our followers and viewers, that they have all the information. I personally will be signing up. Um, I'll probably do it with my family because we can't really, you know, get a group of 10 runners or 20 runners. So it'll probably be a great family activity for us to do together and a great way to support these several nonprofits, but I'm going to bring back in uh, Karen from Emma's Place. And so, you know, I just wanted to, again, say thank you to both of you for joining us. Um, You know, both of you are doing great work for your communities, for behind closed doors, helping other nonprofits. And I think, you know, one of the things that I learned a long time ago is the more you give, the more you receive. So I just want to say thank you so much uh, for joining us on Community Corner this morning, y'all. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely, absolutely. And for those of you that are tuning in, so this Friday we get to – I'm super excited because we're going to start shifting things a little bit um, as the phases with the governor's office are being lifted. um, Our company, JMT Media – and corner we're going to kind of take the show on the road because we are a media company and we are deemed as essential workers so this friday we're going to do a little test and see how this works with social distancing we're going to be joined by massimo from venom uh we will be at his spot doing live coverage there 
doing a nice uh, taste testing, getting ready for his May 21st event, which was sold out within literally an hour. And then next week, we're going to be doing a few other things that will keep you inspired and motivated um, because certainly, just like Jeff mentioned, you need to keep your body moving and get prepared. So thank you so much for joining us. You can see my little Romano Pepper in the background. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. And make sure that you donate to Emma's Place. That you also buy your $20, $35. Don't do the $10. Come on, y'all. We have six nonprofits that we're supporting. $10 to six nonprofits is not a lot. Um, so make sure that you support. If you have any issues registering, you can reach out to JMT Media. You can reach out to Jeff Benjamin or the Staten Island Running Association. But again, thank y'all so much. And y'all have a wonderful Wednesday, y'all. Thanks. Bye.